We got Jeff here. Jeff, where are you from, man? Let's go, Ted. Thank you so much for having me on, man. I love fucking ripping podcasts. 10.30 in the morning. Let's go. Yeah. Monday afternoon, Columbus Day. Uh, I'm in Oregon, dude. I'm, I'm in Bend, Oregon. Central Oregon. Yeah, and you live near Andy Tate, right? One of our I fellow live coaches. Like, yeah, I live like six hours from him and then three hours from Austin Chan. So I'm sure you'll have them on the podcast if you haven't already. Yeah, definitely. Um, and then you're coming on our podcast this Wednesday as well. So, yep. yeah, that'll be fun, man. We'll all, we'll all kind of do a roundtable discussion. Real quick, what's your podcast called and what's that podcast on Wednesday called? So my personal podcast is called Progress, Not Perfection. And then uh, the one on Wednesday is me, Andy Tate, and Austin Chan. And that, that one's called The Gentleman's Roundtable of Body Recomposition, which is a super long, drawn-out name, which we kind of thought was funny. But uh, it's funny because the artwork for it is like a muscly, like – a gentleman with like a mustache like a twisty oh, yeah. mustache like, a, like the hipster. 20s yeah and, and yeah exactly andy did the cover art for it so it was, it was pretty sick so we're like yeah let's name it that let's just go with that because we couldn't think of a better name so yeah so jeff had me on his podcast about a year ago and one of the things that was pretty funny from that podcast is the vegetables bro like you had this theory that i was just not cooking the vegetables right that's why i hate them so much so one of these days, we'll do a YouTube video where you teach me in person how to make vegetables. One of these days. Dude, I was like, I was shocked at how you were like, bro, You the way you're eating vegetables, it just sounded like a chore. Yeah. It just sounded like, and honestly, bro, that's the way a lot of people treat vegetables. It's like yeah. microwave a bag of frozen broccoli and yeah. just get it, get it down. You know what I mean? And it's like, vegetables are actually delicious if you... If you know what you're doing and you can cook them right, then vegetables are where that's actually where the seasonings come from. Like garlic powder is from garlic, onion powder is from onions, mm -hmm. paprika is from red pepper, uh, chili, chili powders from chili peppers. Like, you yeah. know what I mean? All of the flavors that we love actually come from vegetables, bro. If you yeah. didn't season your meat, you didn't put any seasoning on your meat, dude, it would literally just taste like nothing. It would yeah. taste like nothing. Right? Yeah. So when you go to Chipotle and you get their like Wahio steak or whatever the hell they want to upcharge you for, um, that's why it tastes good, bro. It's because yeah, yeah. of all the seasonings and the vegetables in it. Well, you got the Gila mix. Look at you, bro. You're yeah, yeah. Dude, they're actually fucking, they work. They're money. I got yeah. this Legion crusty cup, but, uh, but you know. With the metal? Happened. The OG ones. Yeah. Yeah, dude, it's kind of rusty. I probably shouldn't be drinking out of it, to be honest. Yeah, if you've ever had, like, you've definitely had one in the past where you let it sit in the car after a workout. Oh, yeah, dude, you don't want to do that. It's, it's, you don't, you also, dude, I've opened one of those up when I had, like, a female in the car. And she, like, I saw the look on her face when I looked over and I was like, that's nasty. And she's like, yes. And like rolled down the window and I was oh like, my oh. god was that you like did you know her before or was that like your first interaction with her yeah i kind of knew her like we had okay. hung out several times but like it was still like a female that i was like not like i didn't want her to think i was just some gross gym <laughs> dude who just like carried uh shaker cups around in my car with like protein that had gone bad bro i think the list look. yeah i think the listeners need to hear about your setup like so Jeff is standing right now. Can you can you tilt your camera and show what you're standing on or no? Yeah, I think so. 
If it hopefully my camera doesn't like unplug. Can you see the pad? Yeah, there we go. So he's standing on a so, treadmill. Yeah. Tell us about that. Yeah, so this is a walking pad. I actually just got it, so I don't want to act like I'm an expert or anything, but um so Jordan Syatt, who like we we all know and love. Uh if you guys don't know him, go go follow him. He's amazing. Um, but he so he like was the one who was like, yeah, dude, I, I bought this walking pad and I, I walk on it while I'm on phone calls, while I'm on business calls, while I'm on podcasts. Like he just walks all day long. And for me personally, I always feel like crap when I'm like sitting for a long period of time when I'm doing client work or I'm on a podcast or like for me when I'm on calls with, you know, potential clients and stuff like that. I find myself walking around my house anyways. And the problem with that is, is like, I have a 10 month old puppy and he's like, he's like, are we going on a walk? Are we going on a walk? And then he like, he kind of like follows me around and like nips at my legs and stuff. So I was like, okay, maybe if I get this walking pad, he can go like chill in the corner and kind of realize that I'm walking and doing work. So he won't bother me. So that's kind of what's been happening. Like right now he's just chilling in the corner, sleeping. And, uh, and when I walk on this pad, he knows like it's time for me to do work and it's time for him to chill. So that's kind of why I got it. And then, um, yeah, also just wanted to like start getting a ton of steps in. Like I want to start hitting 20 K steps per day and just getting super dialed in with my health. And, uh, now I'm getting into my mid thirties, man. I got to start looking into like seriously dialing in, uh, health and longevity. It's not about aesthetics for me as much anymore. It's more about like, how can I feel, look and, uh, move the best and have the most energy into my thirties, forties, fifties, sixties, seventies. 80s, 100s, 120s, 130s. Bro, wait, are you are you cutting right now? Uh, no, no, I'm uh, I'm actually bulking. Um, I <clears throat> I've been maintaining for about a month, and uh, and I went I went through like a really really intense cut like the last four or five months. Um, I did like I did a summer shred for quite a while, and then. Uh, kept it going because I was feeling good. Things were moving well, and uh, yeah, got down, got down lean to where like I haven't been in quite a while, and I uh, was feeling good. Energy levels were good, but um, but my consistency was just starting to go to trash. So I was like, let me hang out at maintenance and do some building for a while. So I'm gonna probably spend like the next six to nine months just oh, building, yeah. maintaining. Maybe go on like a month or two mini cut in between for summertime, but I wanna. I want to spend the majority of the next year or two building because because like I am getting into my mid 30s 40s like I want to build as much muscle as I can going into stages of life where I know I'm going to have less testosterone and uh you know it's just life's going to be probably more stressful who knows I might have kids so yeah. might as well build, build it now you know definitely man how many steps are you getting per day right now well since you got that thing what is your like average if you try Dude, I, I lost my Garmin watch I bought a Garmin watch and I lost it and I was at the, I was at this river and I put it down on a rock and I was swimming with my dog and like, we were at these waterfalls and I was like, so, uh, in the moment. And then I, I forgot my watch there and I like went back, I drove all the way back there and it was gone. And I was like, Oh, oh bro, man, that's three, brutal. I was like $300 watch yeah. gone, but whatever <laughs> it happens. Yeah. Um, and so I haven't been tracking my steps as diligently. When I look at my phone, I don't always have it in my pocket, but when I look at my phone, it's it's on average like uh, eight to 10K per day. But you know, well, I think it's a like lot 15, more than that. Yeah, 16. It's probably a lot more than that because a lot of times I play pickleball and uh, 
And when I play pickleball, I don't have my phone in my pocket. And I, I play for like two hours at a time, like four or five times a week. Damn. How'd you get into pickleball? Yeah. So pickleball, my mom actually got me into it. Um, where I live, it's really big. It's a big deal where I live. And, uh, and so her and like all her friends would play. And I'd be like, okay, this sounds like a dumb game for like, you know, seniors and stuff. I was like, I'll, I'll go check it out, whatever. And I'll go hang out with my mom. So I'd go on Sundays and go hang out with her squad and like go hang out with all the old ladies and older guys. And they'd, they'd like teach me the game. And I played tennis when I was like much younger. So yeah. like middle school and some of high school, I played t- tennis and, uh, and I was decent. Like I wasn't great, but I was like, it was one of the sports where I was like, yeah, I could see myself getting good at this. And, uh, but I never followed through with it. Right. So I just wasn't, I just wasn't into it. And, uh, then later in life, I'm like, dude, this is, this is actually super fun. So I, I ended up like a buddy of mine. He actually played in prison. He he like did some prison time and uh, like changed his life around. And like pickleball was like a big part of that. So he like got really into pickleball. And then when he got out, he like stopped hanging out with all of his old buddies that were into like criminal shit. And he started playing pickleball and hanging out with like new a new group of people that were a lot healthier for him to hang out with. Right. So he's the one who like reached out to me and he's like, hey, dude, like you got to you got to get into pickleball. I'm like, I'm already playing, dude. I'm playing with my mom. So, but he was like next level, like already at like a higher level of play. So I play with him and like his Monday night group. And then, uh, and then he like introduced me to a bunch of people and like the Wednesday night group that we play with. And now I'm like, now I know like probably 30, 40, 50 people that are like really, really good players in my area. And we all network and right. have group chats to play and stuff. So it's fun, dude. It's, it's like, I got plugged into this whole new network of people. I have all new friends that play and stuff, and that's so awesome. It's, it's super fun. It's you want you want a competition too. like last year, right? Or second? Yeah, I, I, yeah. Me, uh, me, and my buddy won gold in um, in men's three five last year here at a local tournament, and then since then I've gotten um, me and my mixed doubles partner we got third, and then me. And then I've gotten like several second place medals. I haven't gotten any more golds. I've just gotten that one gold medal, but I've been in like five tournaments and I've pretty much medaled almost every time. So I'm pretty That's awesome. Pretty competitive. I'm yeah, I love it, bro. I've been if I don't get if I don't medal, I'm like seriously upset. That's how I am. Dude, that's <laughs> fucking awesome. Do you have, do you guys have like uh yeah, customized uniforms? It. No, no, nothing like that, bro. No, oh, okay. I'm not at that level yet. <laughs> maybe one day, maybe one day I'll get like a sponsorship from from a paddle company. That's kind of pretty common. Is like you get a sponsorship from a paddle company, they reach out. I'll have to start making content around pickleball, which yeah. I might do that. But honestly, I just don't want like my fitness stuff to be like only pickleball specific. Yeah. You know, I, I, I but I might make a separate channel for pickleball stuff because I really love it, and I feel yeah. like a lot of people need to learn how to strength train and not get hurt while they're playing pickleball too. So there's, there's a lot of, uh, carryover. Yeah, that's good. One thing you mentioned, bro, is the, um, your prison friend, um, he, he started hanging out with different people. I wanted to talk to you about like, do you ever have clients, man, that like, um, they're, they'll tell you every time, every week, like their friends are asking them to come out drinking. Their friends are coming, ask them to do this. What do you do to those clients or what do you tell to those clients to help them through that? All the temptation of 
their friends not giving a fuck about their health, but they're starting to give a fuck about their health. How could you help them? Yeah, yeah. So usually, man, when somebody is like really struggling with their group of friends, it's like if you hang five broke friends, you're going to be the sixth or whatever. That's like the common thing people say is like if you hang out with if you hang out in a barbershop long enough, you're going to get a haircut. Like, you know, (laughs) so if you're if you're trying to change your life, if you're trying to change your habits, you're going to have to change some of those friends, to be honest, because the trajectory that they're on is different than the trajectory that you're on. Now, I'm not saying you have to cut people out of your life completely, but maybe minimizing the amount of time that you spend with people who aren't aligned with your goals is kind of um, what I'd recommend. But if people aren't ready to make that big of a switch, one thing that they can do is just like have friends that that they know will hold them accountable and, and have friends that are like, they even if their goals are not the same, they still respect their goals. And I feel like exactly. that's important in a, any friendship is like, if I have a friend and I'm like, Hey bro, I've been trying not to drink lately or, uh, you know, I'm trying to eat healthy. And then the next day that dude invites me out to the bars and like orders a bunch of wings for the table. It's like, that dude's not even listening to what I had to say, you know? Yeah. So like, why would I, why would I associate with someone who's just that far off from me on that path? You know? Yeah. And then also another thing too, is like when I quit drinking, uh, I was 22 years old when I quit drinking. So like one thing I had to do was like, I had to just cut people out. I just cut people out of my life that were like, that was our relationship was like, we'd go out Friday, Saturday, Sunday nights, and we'd, we'd go drinking. And like, that was our relationship. And it was like, as soon as I stopped drinking, I realized how little I had in common with people. Yeah. It was like, I don't have a lot in common with these people. Like we have a good time, we get drunk and we party and shit. But like, other than that, it was like, I didn't have, a real relationship with these people. I, I didn't talk about like my vulnerabilities, my insecurities and like what was really going on in my life. It was just people that I used to distract myself from like my goals and responsibilities in life. Like my, at the end of the work week, I'd be like, I just want to decompress. Okay. Call my buddies. Let's go out. Da, 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 da. It was like a distraction. And I think everybody needs a little bit of that in some form or fashion. And, uh, but I think to have friends where you just have nothing in common other than just drinking or partying is just it's just a waste. It's just a waste of time. Eventually you're gonna grow apart from those friends. Right. And you have that sick tattoo that marks your sobriety, right? The Pac-Man. Yeah, that one I've had that one since two thousand eleven. So that was like that was my first year that I got sober, got clean. Um yeah, long story short, it was like it was uh i got i got in a lot of trouble i got i almost died like you know a bunch of crazy shit happened had a bunch of drug addiction and stuff and problems like that and uh and got sober when i was 22 went to jail got sober when i was 22 and never looked back man never never wanted to go back to that lifestyle and so you know i, th- I feel like i attract people who are similar like people who have gone through a lot of adversity who like want to completely change their life not just like only change like one or two things but just completely revamp their entire lives it's like that's that's the kind of people i attract so the like complete transformation not just like oh i just want to change this one little thing it's like no i want to change everything i want to change everything yeah that's beautiful man that's kind of that's what you have to do man if your life is just absolute shit and you've just been in the gutter it's like you you have to change everything and that can be overwhelming for some people but you just change one thing at a time and then over time, you change your 
friends, you change the places you go to, you change your hobbies, you change your lifestyle, the way that you eat, the way that you talk, the way that you think. It's like it's all connected, but it it's, takes a long time to to revamp all of those things that we've been instilled with for a long time. I got a question kind of about alcohol. So when, let's say you meet someone new at a pickleball tournament or something like whatever, bro, but like uh, they offer you alcohol, do you tell them I don't want it or you can't have it? No, I just say, I just say, I don't drink. And usually people are like, okay, no worries. Right. You don't but want like, it. Right. I, I don't like, I don't go, I don't divulge the whole story, bro. You know? No, like, yeah. That's it, not what I'm asking. Me, oh, okay. Okay. I, I'm you mean, you say- mean like, you mean like, I, like, I don't want it or like, I literally don't drink. No, like I don't want it or I can't have it. I'm trying to tie this into like people listening watching or like our client exactly with cake pizza donuts like it's not that you can't have it it's that you don't really want it right exactly it's like i can have it bro but like exactly for me personally it doesn't fit into my goals if my goals are to be stronger healthier and like be be good and like wake up tomorrow still hit my workouts still hit my steps not be all hungover and like still want to treat myself with respect like i i just don't want to like for me it's not worth it um but that being said like with food is is completely different for me because with food it's like i a lot of times i want those foods but they don't fit into my goals and so it's like i i may want like five cookies right if i like if i go to like a function and i see like the costco like soft baked chocolate chip cookies those are so fucking good those are so good bro if i Bro, if I see those, I can't stop eating them, dude. So it's like I have to look at those and be like, "All right, dude." It's it's just like me going to a casino. If I bring fifty bucks into a casino and I'm like, "I am not gonna take out my fucking debit card and pull out more money," <laughs> like fifty bucks is all I'm willing to lose, right? And 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 then if I pull, if I see myself pulling out my debit card to take out more money, I'm gonna feel like a piece of shit, dude if I lose the rest of that money. So yeah. it's the same thing with me and food. It's like, I set rules for myself. I set bright lines for myself. Okay, I'm gonna have two cookies. I'm gonna fit it into my calories and move on with my fucking day. Then I'm gonna feel good about myself. If I lose that 50 bucks at the casino, I don't care, it's 50 bucks. Like, I'm good, I'll walk away from that. But if I'm like, ah, come on, one more, one more, you know what I mean? Then, yeah. like, then I'm getting back into all behaviors and, that's a place I don't want to go back to is like all behaviors. I, I mean, it happens. Like I'm going to be 100 with you guys. Like it happens. To everybody. Yeah. It's, it's fewer and far between. And I try not to beat myself up. If it does happen, I just try and learn from the experience and set those bright lines for myself. But that's why I don't say like, Oh, I can never have a cookie. Cause if I say that, then like all of a sudden I'm just going to say, fuck it and have as and go overboard and have way too many. Right. Yes. But if I set, like, if I set little rules for myself, like, okay, I can have two because that's only like 320 calories. Okay. Boom. You know, have those two and be done with it. Yeah. That, that's a great lesson guys. Do not tell yourself you can never have it or not have any. Yeah. I think a great Bro, thing to tie into here, Jeff, is how we both do consistency calendars, man. We both love that. Yeah. We probably both preach it to our clients. So do you want to rant a little bit about that? How to set it up? What that's all about? How that helps? Yeah, yeah I got mine right behind me. I don't know if you can see Yeah, same. It, but yeah, I got mine right behind me. Um, but so 
I actually use consistency calendars not only when I'm in a deficit, but I use them when I'm in a surplus as well. So which is which is something that not a lot of people talk about. But basically, I use it with any habit that I'm trying to work on. So if I like if I'm in a fat loss phase and I hit my calories, my protein, my steps, my workouts, all that, I'm going to mark. I'm, I use it a little bit differently. I use X's and O's. Some people use like different colors and use different yeah. things. But basically, if I hit. If I hit the day, I'm going to mark it with an X. If I hit all the stuff that I want to hit, I mark it with an X. If I hit, if I don't hit one of those things, I leave a big O on the calendar. If I have more than like five or six O's on the calendar, I know that like I'm done for the month and I can't be more inconsistent than that. So that's going to be more than 80%. Mm-hmm. Or that's going to be less than 80% consistent, which to me, that's, you're not going to see great results with anything you're trying to do if you're less than 80% consistent. So Absolutely. Arguably, we want to be even more consistent than that, right? But the beauty of the consistency calendar is it, it helps you look and plan ahead. And it also helps you look at things as more dynamic. Like you don't have to be perfect. Progress, not perfection, right? We want to be yep. making progress towards our goals, but we don't want to be a perfectionist and try to be too rigid with our goals. So that five or six O's on the four to six O's on the calendar, something like that is going to get us to our goals while not being too rigid. And not make us feel like we can't sustain this for a long period of time. Yeah, man. It's absolutely. Don't you? I love the consistency calendar. It's amazing. Yeah. Helps so yeah, much. Yeah, I mean, honestly, honestly, it's been helping with my bulk because, like, I noticed, okay, I'm getting a little too sloppy with my tracking. Like, you know, just because I'm in a surplus, a surplus is only 150 to 300 extra calories above your maintenance, right? So it's like, if I am if I'm just like not tracking and I'm just like going over and just saying, ah, I'm bulking, whatever, yeah. it's all good. Like I'm pretty soon, bro. I'm like, I'm like hitting, you know, seven, eight days of inconsistency on my calendar. And I'm like, I'm up way more on the scale than I want to be. Ideally I want to be going very, very slow in, in a surplus. So, um, so yeah, I kind of been just reining that in. I'm like, all right, I got to get back on the calendar. Cause that's, that's what helps me look at my month and be like, okay, this is, if this is what I am like preaching to my calendar and what I preaching to my clients and what I use in a deficit, then it's what I need to be using in a surplus as well. I agree with you, man. Give your surplus the same effort and intensity that you give your deficit for sure. If you want the same results. 100%. Yeah. 100%. Yeah. yeah. So, all right, a quick break for our sponsor of today's podcast from Transparent Labs. I work with Transparent Labs, and if you want to save 10% on all supplements, Use code TED at checkout. And I believe and work with them for two main reasons. Number one, they're third-party tested. So what they say is in their products is actually in their product. And that's verified by a third party. And then that data is made public to you on Transparent Labs' website. Number two is they don't use proprietary blends like other supplement companies do to lie about what's in their product and inflate the product. So they use actual clinical doses and then again they third party test that right so you know it's in there and i don't care about this but they don't use artificial sweeteners dyes or preservatives let's get back to the show jeff you what's your instagram jeff pacman fitness p-a-c-h-t-m-a-n fitness j-e-f-f pacman fitness you just made an amazing post on seed oils and i absolutely loved it so much detail he did a voiceover with all these stock images that what he was talking about is beautiful so I want to go, and this is a huge fucking topic, right? I mean, Carnivore oh, yeah, MD, dude. Liver King, all these guys 
are getting hundreds of thousands of people to make videos about how horrible canola oil and seed oil never cook with it because it's gonna you're gonna fucking die or you're gonna get fat or your cholesterol is gonna go through the roof. Why don't you debunk that for right. us right now? Yeah, yeah. So so here's the thing is like there has been no real studies on humans that show that seed oils are dangerous for that they cause all this inflammation that people are claiming. Basically, all of these studies have been done on rodents. They've been done on rodents. They've been done in petri dishes. And they show, like, yes, like, there are some issues with polyunsaturated fat or PUFAs. Um, so basically, seed oils is just another name for that. And so when we look at the studies, there's a lot of research that shows that maybe these oils aren't great for us, right? But here's the problem with it. None of them are randomized controlled trials, which are the highest form of evidence-based like data that we're looking for. Like when Gold it comes standard, to research, yeah. when it, it comes to research, randomized controlled trials are at the very top. And even better than that is a meta-analysis of randomized controlled trials. So if what a meta-analysis is, is basically looking at a large number of randomized controlled trials and making an assessment from those. So when we look at randomized controlled trials, like one of the ones that I sent to somebody who wanted me to look at it was like it looked at a randomized controlled trial of i think like over 3000 participants who who like basically consumed seed oils in quite large quantities for a consistent basis for a long period of time and basically they showed no markers of inflammation and when these when these participants had more omega-3 fatty acids when they supplemented with fish oil they saw actually reduction in inflammation. So the issue, and this is my opinion, that why why we have such a problem with obesity, heart disease, pulmonary artery disease, like all these different diseases in our countries in the US, it's not from seed oils. It's not from, it's not from any one particular oil, right? It's not from any one particular food. It's from the hyper palatable, highly processed foods that we have in, in abundance in this country. And we're also moving less than we ever have. So that combined with the fact that we're just not moving like we used to, and we're eating an overconsumption of calories, that is what's leading to all of these health problems. So the whole like healthy at every size movement and just basically giving people the go ahead, the green light to be overweight, to be, to be obese is like, it's doing more harm than it is good in my opinion. And I know that's a hot take, but it's doing more harm than it is good in my opinion. And the whole like fat phobic movement where you're calling people fat phobic for suggesting that people be at a healthy body composition and it's okay to want to lose fat. It's okay to want to lose fat even for aesthetic reasons. Like if you want to look better and have more confidence and being leaner helps you do that. There's nothing fucking wrong with that. So agreed. That's kind of like my own opinion thrown in there. But as far as like what the data suggests around seed oils, basically it's it's very, very inconclusive. And if there is any data su- to suggest that they're they're harmful for us, most people are not consuming more than like five percent of their calories, ten percent of their calories from uh from seed oils. So most people actually are cooking with seed oils in moderation. Most people are using uh, a neutral cooking oils and olive oil and sesame oil, avocado oil. So these, most people are using these oils anyways. So it's like, if you're having processed foods that have these oils in them, like you're probably not eating in excess of them. And if you are, 
it's not the problem from the seed oils. It's because you're just eating an excess of highly processed, hyper palatable and over consuming calories. So that's right. kind of the, that's kind of my, my thought process on the whole thing. And of course, everybody's going to, of course, everybody's going to have, you know, Oh, this, look at this book that I read from this person. It's all about seed oils. And it's like, what are they selling? They're selling a book, right? That's what I was literally just going to ask you, Jeff. I was going to say, all these people that are spewing bullshit about seed oils, you go to their link in the bio and they're like, ah, here's my book to solve this problem. Here's the supplements to solve this fucking problem. So they're all biased. Mm -hmm. Like even despite the fucking rat studies, they're trying to fear monger to sell their product because they're trying to sell you a product to uh, solve the unreal problem. That doesn't exist. It's, it's uh if you can polarize people in one direction or the other and make them make them afraid, fear is a really big motivator. So if you tell people that like diet soda and aspartame causes cancer and dementia and all of that, and then it's like, okay, all the studies have been on rodents though. Yeah. And, and they were like hyper feeding these rodents, like, you know, four times their body weight in, uh, in aspartame. So it's like, okay, are we really, we're only having like one or two diet cokes a day, bro. It's going to be yeah. okay. Yeah. And there's no studies done on human to show that it's, there's actually studies done to show that it helps with weight loss. And we know that losing weight helps improve our blood markers. So it's like, okay, like, are these things that bad? No, in moderation, everything is pretty, pretty okay. So your recommendation is you're telling people eat like 80% of your diet should be a majority of whole one ingredient foods. And that, that'll be good. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. Yeah, I mean, f for the most for the most part, man, like I don't really cook with oils like that. Like when I when I do use oils in my cooking, like bro, I'd rather not like waste calories on a bunch of tablespoons of canola oil. Like for me personally, I'll just use a couple sprays of olive oil or whatever. Sometimes mm -hmm. I'll even use spray canola oil and I'll like I'll use a couple of sprays of it just to make my food not stick just so it'll cook a little bit better, but personally, I I don't really cook with oil like that. And when I do, I like the food tastes like too greasy for me now. So I've like, I've developed an adverse taste to like, um, the super oily, like greasy foods that right. I used to love. Yeah. Like French fries. Yeah. French dude, French fries are gross, man. Like if you have, if you have like a large amount of French fries, dude, like they taste amazing when you're eating them. But after like, after you have like a handful of them, you're like, dude, this is, I don't feel like, like it feels heavy in my gut. Yeah. I don't feel good. And the next day I wake up and it's still sitting there and it's like, okay, I literally ate starches soaked in oil. That has been like, not only is it oil, but it's like oil that's been reheated and cooled down and reheated and cooled down and like probably not sifted or cleaned correctly. So it's like these restaurants that use these oils to cook these French fries, they are trying to save money. So they're going to stretch that oil as far as they can. And so, yes, am I saying we should go out and eat French fries all the time? No, probably not. You're better off making French fries at home in the air fryer. But if you're going out and having French fries from a re your favorite restaurant once a week, that's fine. Like, I, I could care less what, if you do that. But Absolutely. if you're doing it every day, probably not the best for your health. I think... So I don't know. I, I remember you told me in the DMs, like we have uh, unlimited, but I just got a notification that I have seven minutes left. So yeah, I see that. Question. What the hell, dude? Yeah. I don't know what that's all about. I think they changed it, to be honest, because I got this with Austin okay. too. But okay, I know you're big into meal prep, right? 
Yeah, I I, pre- I like prepping some some things out for meals. Like I'm I'm not huge on prepping entire meals, but I like prepping components of meals. Like I I like prepping the proteins, the rice, the potatoes, cut up some vegetables, but I'm not a huge fan of like throwing together exact meals if that makes sense. Okay, so I'm the same way. Like you like bulk making your protein sources, your carb sources, yep. your vegetable sources and then you reheat them and make a meal. Yep. yep. Okay, yeah, me too. So what are some give me three tips or the listener three tips for bulk preparing some protein for the week? Good questions. Yeah. So I actually, I'll go to the grocery store. I'll find something on sale. So like last week there was some sirloin steak in bulk on sale. It was like $4 a pound when I used the coupon from the store. So I bought like three packs of these like huge things of sirloin steak. Right. And then what I did was I grabbed the steak and I grabbed some like some kitchen scissors. They're like these meat scissors that are really sharp. And I chopped the steak into small bite-sized pieces. I tossed it in a Cajun seasoning, which is like a blackened rub. If you guys have ever used the Cajun seasoning, it's basically um, basically some of that, some garlic powder, some sea salt. And I tossed it in there, a little spray oil, and I let that sit for like an hour in the fridge. And then I threw it in there, fire dude, and it made this amazing like blackened steak chunk pieces that are perfect for like taco bowls and burritos and i even made steak and eggs with it i threw it over rice with some like um with some avocado and some black beans like delicious delicious so that's one tip is like find a seasoning blend that you really enjoy and then use it as like a dry rub for the meat that you're using and then instead of like chopping your proteins on a cutting board and getting like raw meat all over your cutting boards use kitchen scissors is that way you only have to worry about your hand is really the only thing that's coming into contact with the raw meat. And then you use the kitchen scissors to chop it into small pieces in the bowl. It also creates like a lot of, uh, it creates a lot of extra texture to the meat and you'll get good browning on the meat because you're basically creating like smaller surface area for the meat to, to char on each corner. So it's actually really good. Um, I do the same thing with chicken thighs. Like I'll take, I'll buy chicken thighs from Costco and I'll buy the frozen ones. I'll buy the big bag of frozen chicken thighs from Costco and I'll thaw it out. And I'll basically do the exact same thing. I'll chop it with scissors. It takes me about 15 minutes to do like a four pound bag. And then I toss it a bunch of seasonings in there. I like the Cajun seasoning right now. I might use a different one later, maybe a taco seasoning. I use the Kinder's barbecue rub seasoning one time. And then I'll toss it in the air fryer or the oven. And that's that's basically how I've been prepping all my proteins. And if you guys try it, you will fucking love it. Like you will, you will be like, I'm never going back to just cooking my proteins on the stove top again. I'm using my air fryer to prep my proteins from now on. And it, it gets, you do 400 degrees for like 20 minutes. And every like five minutes you shake your basket to make sure every piece gets like nice and browned. So it'll take about an hour to do like all of your proteins for the week and you may even have more proteins than you want but you can freeze some of the proteins that you know you're not going to need put them in like amazon tupperware container and then put them in your freezer and then that way you just pull out a tupperware full of protein and it's in your freezer you can even do this like 10 pounds of protein at a time and you've got like protein every single week you can just pull out and it's good to go and honestly it's good frozen it's good thawed it's good fresh it's just good do you think if someone is consistently under hitting or under eating on protein every single day 
every single week, this is something they should do. Yeah, absolutely. I think having it prepared in the fridge is going to be the key. You don't have to think about it. That's what takes the longest, right? It's like, if you think about what takes the longest when you're prepping food, it's like the proteins and the rice and the potatoes, like all that stuff takes the longest. So if you prep that stuff in the beginning of the week or on a Sunday, you're setting yourself up for success. You throw that stuff in a pan, you saute it up with some veggies, you're good to go. Some sauce, some soy sauce, sriracha, you're good. You guys should be writing this down. Jeff used to be a chef. So this is good shit. This is good information <laughs> yeah. here. Yeah, I just made paella last night, man. It was so good. I saw that, man. That was a funny video. That was awesome. Dude, it was delicious. Your, gra- your grandpa or your uncle? That was my dad, actually. Oh, your dad. dad. Yeah, yeah. yeah. He sounded like a funny yeah. guy. Loved it. Oh, yeah. He's an old New York Jew. He's funny as hell. Oh, he's from New York? Yeah, he's from, uh, he's from Brooklyn, actually. My mom's from Long Island. Dad's from Brooklyn. Oh, your mom's from Long Island. What part? Do you know? Merrick. Oh, okay. Wow. South Shore. Yeah, yeah. Yep. I got family over there still. Oh, that's awesome. I'm actually, I'm planning a trip out there, dude. We're going to have a meetup because I'm going to meet up with a couple other people from the mentorship. So I need to go visit my family over there. So I'm going to hit you up for sure. We're going to get a lift in. Yeah, you, me, and Jesse. There we go. I think Jesse's close. Oh, yeah, Jesse. Jesse. Jesse lives out there. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. You'll teach me how to make veggies. Yeah, let's do it, dude. I'll teach you. (laughs) All right. We have one minute, 30 seconds left. So, Jeff, shout out all of your handles, where people can find you for coaching, all that good stuff. Yeah, Jeff Packman Fitness. You guys can find me. uh, YouTube, Chef Jeffrey's Kitchen. My podcast is Progress Not Perfection. And then uh, if you guys want to read any of my articles or blogs, jeffreypackman.com. So that's it. That's where you'll find me, man. Thanks for having me on, Ted. Appreciate you. Of course, bro. I'm going to end the recording and then we can chit chat for a little bit more. Sounds good.